Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will administer justice. That I will administer justice. Without respect to persons. Without respect to persons. And do equal right. And do equal right. To the poor and to the rich. To the poor and to the rich. And that I will faithfully and impartially. And that I will faithfully and impartially. Discharge and perform. Discharge and perform. All the duties. All the duties. Incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. As an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Under the Constitution. Under the Constitution. And laws of the United States. And laws of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. And that's Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson. I'm pleased to welcome Justice Jackson to the court and to our common calling. It happened. From honorable to associate justice, just like that, taking over for Stephen Breyer, who has retired, well, just a little over an hour ago. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. And the wheels keep spinning. Well, we should want a society that even if we don't agree with the justice, we could say, hey, welcome. Do the right thing, won't you? And then hope they do the right thing. I will tell you, if, if you missed my conversation with, uh, with uh, William Jacobson, I'll, I'll share it with you coming up in the next hour. Cornell Law Professor. The leftists on the court, Breyer, Kagan, Sotomayor, uh, th- this cabal, you know, they always discuss, what are the conservatives on the court going to do? No, 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 no. Why are the liberals on the court so interested in ideology and not as interested in adjudicating? It's real. It, it is. Be- I've been talking about this for forever. It has become a massive problem, an undeniable, undeniable problem. And one that that the the as, as you watch as you share, they don't seem to they don't seem to care. They don't seem to care at all. They're they're cool with this. It's never an issue with them. The issue is only oh those uh those conservative justices. Nah, they ain't my problem. Sometimes my problem is I don't think they engage in enough conservatism. But my problem, oh gosh, compared to. Compared to uh, the uh, compared to anything, compared to the left, no, no, they're they're fine, they're good, they're good, we're cool, we're cool and good. In Indiana, a funny thing happened. They decided that the session will still start on July sixth, the special session that was called by Governor Holcomb because they're going to give us our money back and they want us to know how thankful we should be for it. A billion dollars, it's going to go back to the people. It's going to help them deal with inflation. Giving people back their money is always the right thing to do. There is no need to think that it is magnanimous. It's not. It's not. It is our money being returned to us. I appreciate that. 
But now there's a part two, and the part two is is that they won't get to the big one, the abortion conversation, until July 25th. So the session still starts on the 6th, but they don't gain engage in anything legislative until the 25th. Now, as I know the situation, the session is 40 days. 40 days in the state of Indiana. That's what you have. The question before us is, why, if the session is starting on the 6th, are they moving the session to the 25th, even when it's, like, not even moving? It's, it's a very, very strange situation. Because, it, look, it, they said they were going to delay it. I, I can show you story after story after story that they're delaying it to July 25th. But that's when they start the legislative process. The special session officially starts still on July 6th. So is it 40 days after July 25th or 40 days after July 6th? I don't have the answer to that question. But I, the bigger conversation is, is why? Why is this happening? It's happening because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The overturning of Roe v. Wade has now forced states to decide what are your what are your abortion laws? What do you allow? What do you not allow? Do you have any constraints? Are you going to uh, codify uh, that or codify, uh, as they say, that you're going to allow abortion anytime, anywhere? What, do you have rules of things you want to uh, discuss? Well, some states already have trigger laws that went into effect. Some states allow unfettered abortion at any time. What's Indiana going to do? And I discussed with you guys last week that this will be a Republican Party that doesn't get it done in the special session, bringing it to the regular session, which is going to become then a clown show. Giving the Democratic Party time to raise money, to be able to engage in this. Giving them things they can talk about for the election. Giving them so much ammunition. And I discussed the fact that some people, a little, little, uh, little uh, whisper in the ear, that, you know, uh, the, this thing got leaked. Of course, the the Alito draft was leaked. We still don't know who the leaker is. Kind of amazing. Um, I, I think it's disgusting that we don't have the answer to that question. And, uh, well, because of the leak, they knew they had to work on this, and they've got something together. What does this tell me? It tells me they don't have anything together. It tells me they don't have it. I'm saying my take the Indiana Republican Party never thought to put pen to paper, never got a group of people together to say, hey, what kind of legislation are we interested in? Never had a plan. And now they're caught flat-footed. Does anybody want to object to my uh, analysis? I'm not saying that I couldn't be wrong. I am saying that the move shows that I'm not. I find it incredible, unbelievable to think 
that they weren't prepared. But it's the Indiana Republican Party. Of course they were not prepared. Not being prepared is kind of their thing. Engaging in the worst possible maneuvering is what they do best. The only state I've ever seen to have a supermajority and be afraid of it. Indiana. Now, I should note that you could argue that this is the right move for the Republican Party. Get it done right. Get it done early. Don't have it be a part of the regular session. Done. Even if it takes you a couple extra weeks. You could argue that. You could also argue that it's going to then be uh, just uh, vilified by the Democratic Party. And as we know, the Indiana Democratic Party is made up of the most ridiculous people on planet Earth, and the political left always does what? Overplays their hand. The left always, 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 always overplays their hand. That brings us to their statement. This happened. It is attributed to Lauren Ganapini, the executive director of the Indiana Democratic Party. And it reads, the Indiana GOP are scared because they've seen the protests and have heard from Hoosier women. They are waiting for the dust to settle before they push their extreme agenda that includes a total ban on abortions, even in cases of rape and incest. Only 17% of Hoosiers support this extreme policy, and Democrats are ready to hold them accountable for trying to throw Indiana back to the 1950s. These people... This... It's... It really is. They've seen the protests and have heard from Hoosier women, so they're scared? What does that even mean? Scared of what? Or are you saying that that, uh, women who uh, uh, are in favor of abortion unfettered are just scary women? Is this your argument? Afraid of what? You lunatics. You ridiculous, nonsensical psychopaths. It's so ridiculous. This is this is what they came up with. That's that is a whole bunch of special. Now I, I do have some, some questions. Um, for the Democratic Party, is Michelle Davis afraid of Hoosier women? How about Karen Engelman? Just, just asking. If 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 the women, uh, Joanna King or Cindy Ledbetter, uh, Peggy Mayfield, Wendy McNamara, Sharon Nagel, um, Julie Altoff, Elizabeth Rowray, I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Is it Donna Shabley? I think I've got that name right too. I'm only asking. Whether or not these women, Cindy Zimke and Anna Vermillion, are they afraid of Hoosier women? 
The whole argument so falls flat on its face because the Democratic Party will not recognize the women out there who oppose unfettered abortion. And there are plenty of women out there who think there should be no abortion whatsoever. This argument of throwing women back to the 50s is such miserable hot garbage, it's laughable. They are waiting for the dust to settle before they push their extreme agenda that includes a total ban on abortions. Um, Is the Democratic Party saying they know what the Republican Party is going to push forward? I don't believe that they do. Do they know? Uh, Can we see some proof of that? And 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 may I and may I uh, ask a, a a larger question? What do the Democrats have to offer in terms of a plan? Plenty of Hoosiers want restrictions on abortion. So what's the Democrat plan? Someone should be asking this question because you will learn uh, that uh, Democrats have no plan. They can't afford a plan. They can't speak a plan. Do you know why? You know why. Because the real fear is the fear that the elected official has of the mob. If Democrats would start saying, well, listen, if we said first trimester, life of the mother, rape, and incest, we, we could live with that. Their party would vilify them. Their party would treat them like they were Supreme Court justices overturning Roe. They're so scared of the monster that they have created that wants abortion all the time, on demand, while they're in the drive through at Hardee's. They won't say a word. They don't, put, they don't put out an offer. They're like, hey, we want to talk about this. We think this, this, and this. Nope. Just nonsense, garbage, ridiculous fear-mongering. The left always overplays their hand. So while indeed the Republicans are going to make it easier for the Democrats to punch them in the face, the Democrats are too busy punching themselves in the face. I swear to you, the political maneuvering in this state is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Her take on uh, the Supreme Court and the environment, oh, you, you already know she wants to burn it all down. Now she's just saying the words. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Catastrophic. That's how Representative Ocasio-Cortez sees the 6-3 decision that states that the EPA just can't act on their own. They need uh, to be, you know, told what to do. They can't just make sweeping rules about the environment. That's the job of legislators elected by we the people. Tony Katz, 93, nah, see, um, I'm so used to saying 93 WIBC because my home station. But we say Tony Katz today here. That's how we do it. Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669. So she says, catastrophic. A filibuster carve-out is not enough. We need to reform or do away with the whole thing for the sake of the planet. Do away with the whole thing. You, you, you mean do away with the Supreme Court, right? That's what you mean. Do away with the Supreme Court. The filibuster is not even enough, even though now 
Uh, Joe Biden, he's totally fine with getting rid of the filibuster. On uh, the, do the domestic question, sir, what further specific executive actions are you considering in response to the Roe ruling? And would you declare a public health emergency as several Democrats are calling on you to do? I'll be happy to go in detail with you on that. Uh, I'm having a meeting with a group of governors when I get home on Friday, and I'll have announcements to make then. But the first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was and how much it impacts not just on women's right to choose, which is a critical, critical piece, but on privacy generally, on privacy generally. And so uh, I'm going to be talking to... Uh, to the governors as to what actions they think I should be taking as well. And, uh, but the most important thing to be clear about is we have to change, I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights, it should be we provide an exception for this, the except, the, require an exception to the filibuster for this action deal with the Supreme Court decision. The idea of a law on abortion, I don't believe, is popular. I don't believe, the, the loudest people might say yes. I'm not so sure that's true nationwide. But look at the lengths he's willing to go. So popular it is that they have to get rid of the filibuster in order to do it. Hey, at least he, you know, he's the moderate one. Ocasio-Cortez, she just wants to burn the entire Supreme Court to the ground. Look, she told you, none of this is new. She told you that everything we've got, all of it, is built on the super-duper creaky foundation, remember? She told you this information. A lot of these institutions were built So she can't do the job. The Supreme Court can't do the job. The only thing that can do the job is fill the streets. When do we start talking about the fact that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez doesn't believe in America and doesn't believe in the rule of law? She believes in mob rule. And then, of course, with her in charge of the mob. Keep it here, guys. This is Tony Katz today. Sorry, have you ever done the unclaimed property search thing? What? Have you never done this before? I don't even know what you're talking about. Ah, this is like some of the like craziest stuff in the world. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, so being part of, of, of WIBC Radio, 93.1 FM, WIBC, you've seen pictures. We get these emails all the time. From from politicos and this and that and the other part of the, the the newsfeed stuff that we get, and one of them came from the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, that you can right now be searching for uh, your um uh, for for unclaimed property. 
So let's say you were part of a class action lawsuit and you didn't even know it, and you got like $12.42. Somewhere there's this check waiting for you, and you can claim it. If you had an overpayment to, let's say, a utility company and you moved and they didn't know where to send it next, it's just sitting there. It's waiting for you. So so you can go to, uh, for Indiana, it's indianaunclaimed.gov. And for Florida, for example, it's uh, uh, fltreasurehunt.gov. And you can go and you can check your name, check your city, or you can check your business name. And you could see if you have this unclaimed property and, and check it out. So I, I, I saw the email today. I've done it before and I've actually found things. I've actually found things. And so I, I've, I've been like, wow. And sure enough, you get the check. So I went and I checked. I'm like, all right, there's, there's, there's nothing. I'm, I'm good in the state of Indiana. But I've lived in other places. So I started looking in other places. And then, of course, I'm, I'm checking for, for like my parents because I don't think they've ever checked. I found seven things for my mother. Seven. And if you want the crazier, I checked I checked one of my brothers. Uh, uh, my younger brother passed away a couple years ago, and I found something for him. I found what I think is a paycheck, like a last paycheck, from, from clearly from before he passed, but just like some job change. And my, my younger brother was autistic, so, it, you know, it, it wasn't a career change. Had had jobs, though. Uh, and it's just like the idea that he, if he had known he had missed a paycheck, he would have been so wicked angry. Right? The idea of going to work with something that he loved, the idea of getting paid with something he loved more. Taxes used to drive him nuts. Oh, Oh, you know, it's, it's, it, it is, it's, it's like the first time your kid has a job and they get the paycheck, ah, I got paid. And they look at it. They're like, wait a second. What, 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 what is all this? And they see all the taxes come out and they're like, this is, this, this is not right. And then we as adults are like, like pouring ourselves a bourbon and giving the kid a cigar. Welcome to the world, kid. Ah. Oh. I remember that uh, all too well. You got to do it. You got to do it, uh, producer. All right, you got to you got to check for yourself. You got to check for, for for your parents. You got to do it. I just looked for myself. Did you have anything? Nothing. That's nonsense. Did you check for Mrs. Castle? Uh, no. I should do that and not you... tell her about it and claim it for myself. Correct. Correct. This is how you get your dowry. That's right. Through through this type of improper theft. Good for you. By the way, don't steal. This has been a public service announcement from Tony Katz today. Boy, I lost my sound effect. There it is, much better. Ah. I don't know. I I, I think it's amazing because, like, you go through it, and it is this weird, like, if you have something, it's this weird walk through your history. Because you'll see things, like, you'll see addresses. Okay, I admit very few people have moved more than, than than me, right? For a guy who wasn't in the military, I mean, Jersey, D.C., Arizona, that's where I went to school, and then Florida, and then back to D.C., and then back to Jersey, and then Los Angeles, and then now, now uh, the Indianapolis area. I mean, I did a lot of moving around. So sometimes these addresses will pop up, and it's like, no. Like, addresses I don't remember, 
Which is weird because I can still remember my phone number growing up. My parents worked for themselves, and we had this phone system. They had four phone numbers. And people are like, what do you mean you have four phone numbers? It, it was, it, no, who did that? I was a you know, product of the 80s. Four phone numbers. It was standard. And I, st- I still remember. So you go through, it, it, is, a, it is a pretty big uh, mind, uh, mind scramble. It's pretty cool. This story, I guarantee you, is not going to be reported anywhere. And this is about the future of electric vehicles. The future of electric vehicles, in my view, is not as luxurious and glorious as all these auto manufacturers make it out to be. I don't argue against the idea of electric vehicles. I argue that if you can't power an electric vehicle, it's meaningless. And I think General Motors, I think Volvo is doing this to decide the whole fleet's going to be electric, to me, is a turnoff. Huge, huge turnoff. And a mistake. Infrastructure-wise, we're certainly not there for that many electric vehicles. And we don't have the ability truly to keep them powered the way we would like. Tesla has, according to the reporting, has raised their prices $6,000 because of, of demand. I think they're entitled to do that. Doesn't bother me at all. It's, it's their brand. They can do what they want. So the Model 3 base increased by 2,000 to 57.9. The long-range Model Y is up 5% to 65.9. And the Model S is now 104. I didn't know what the, I don't really know what the difference is between the Model 3 and the Model S. Here, here's what I know. I don't think it's an attractive car. Hey, Fraser. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not against you getting a Tesla. I'm not doing it. I don't think it's pretty. Now, Fisker. Fisker made a very, very attractive car. I dig Fisker. But it's obvious they can't do it as well as uh, as Tesla. I mean, that's just obvious. When you consider who the market leaders are, when you consider where the excitement is, it's it's... it's it's not even a, it's not even a debate. Don't be don't be silly. It is what it is what it is. There's now the Fisker Ocean, which is their SUV, and that starts at 68.9. I just think Fisker is a very 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 attractive vehicle. That's all there is to it. Now, I bring this up all because of this story about Stellantis. So Stellantis is a a battery manufacturer. Um, and they are, uh, for example, in Indiana, they are putting in a massive facility in Kokomo, two and a half billion dollars, 1400 jobs. This thing is fantastic. Actually, I should say Stellantis is an auto manufacturer and what they are building in Kokomo, Indiana is a renewable battery company working. It's so it's, it's, it's Stellantis with, with Samsung. Stellantis is a Fiat and Peugeot car manufacturer. 
And they have put out a statement that says that if EVs, electric vehicles, don't get cheaper, the market will collapse. That's right. The argument that the the electric vehicle is better for the environment, and if you have yourself an electric vehicle, then uh, then you're 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 not going to be reliant on gas, and and this is exactly what matters. Is meaningless if the if if the price is averaging in the sixty thousand, seventy thousand, hundred thousand uh, range. It's insignificant because people cannot afford the thing. They can't. It, there, there's just no way to tell people, well, you got to figure it out. Well, we're going to uh, further, uh, you know, engage in, in, in carbon emissions. Well, we're going to do this, that, and, and, and the other and make it more difficult for people who want to do anything uh, uh, regarding uh, a, a non-electric vehicle. There are millions upon millions of Americans who can be like, screw off. I can't, can't do it can't buy what it is you want. And that's why I think this Stellantis conversation is so incredibly important because it's fact. You have to lower the costs. It cannot cost this much. So I went back quickly to this Fisker. F-I-S-K-E-R. I own no Fisker stock. I have absolutely no connection to the Fisker company. I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've ever brought it up uh, on air. I don't think producer Ari, who has heard me talk about a million things vehicle, has ever heard me talk about Fisker. Never even heard of Fisker. You never heard of Fisker? I've heard of Wally Fisker. He's a director. Is he the no. same thing? Uh, I, I'll tell you this. Another one that I saw. I saw my very first one the other day, and I love it. Uh, I think uh, Rivian makes a pretty car. And now, full disclosure, I do own some Rivian stock. Me too. Did I tell you to buy it? You did. You yeah, did. That's good, absolutely good. Idea. Right. I don't own enough to count. The board of directors doesn't call me to ask my opinion. I want you. I just, I just, full disclosure all the time. I think they make a pretty vehicle. It does. Uh, uh, the, the, the pickup starts at 67,000, though. And the, the SUV starts at 72 grand. 70. I, I dig, I dig the headlights. I just think it's a cool look. I think it's a badass look uh, right there. But Fisker is, is for their for their Fisker Ocean. Uh, they are taking, uh, you can uh, reserve yours right now. You can reserve it. I'm like, all right, what would it take for me to, like, like what are all the trim additions? And then how do I, how do, I do that? But I'm not going to get one. If I'm going to spend 70 grand on a car, honestly, are you buying a so see I may see I just caught myself. Maybe I'm asking the wrong question. Are you buying something for the environment of it or are you buying something for the prestige of the environment of it? And once you're engaged in a prestige conversation, are you buying a Tesla or are you buying a Porsche? On honest, I'm asking the question. Are are, are you, which which way are we going about this? Because I have to admit, I'm I'm buying a Porsche before I'm buying a Tesla. I'm buying a I'm buying a Bentley before I'm buying a Tesla. Are you a Bentley guy, producer Ari? 
I would rather have the Tesla, to be honest. Hey, to, to each their own. To each their own. No, I'd, I'd much rather. But I but I would go back to the classics. I would be in a, in a, in a 60s uh, Lincoln Continental. I would be in a, a 442 Judge. Um, I You know, it'd be so, a GTO, something like that. Um, eat, drink, smoke. The Cigar and Bourbon Show, Fingers Malloy, has a Chevy SSR. Have you ever seen one of these? Look it up. It's the two-door uh, pickup that has a, a hard, convertible hardtop. It's so freaking cool. Whoa, like, that's I, a weird-looking car. Oh, it's so cool. With the round roof? Yep. And then it, it, it the whole thing comes down. Funny. The hardtop comes down. It's sensational, dude. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a two-seater. It's not practical. It's barely a pickup, but it's awesome. Now, the earlier version was um, the... the the smaller engine, but in as they went a couple years in, it was the Corvette engine, and the thing flies. It's so oh screw. What would you rather have a Tesla or the new Corvette? In terms of what status symbols? In terms of in terms of what would move you every time you get into it? Oh, I would never spend any amount of money on a car that's higher than like twenty thousand. That's stupid. So that so Tesla's clearly out. Every nice car's out. I don't. I'm not a car guy. Really? You, is that of all the things? That's where you limit yourself. I mean, like, I just need it to get me to places. I don't care if it looks cool or has a big brand name. So Tesla or the new Corvette? If I can get them both for free, then give me the Corvette. Dude, so hot, so so it it is it 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 actually it evokes like it's un unbelievable. What a good job they did with that thing. And now, and now that they're gonna go, they're gonna go electric with the Corvette. I'm like, what? Why? I need the sound. Daddy need his rumble. Drives me crazy. But I gotta tell you, it is, it it is so good to hear an electric car company understand this issue. And and engage a, a price reduction. They note that the European Union is endorsed the push to eliminate carbon emissions for new cars by 2035. And so what they're trying to do is push these car companies to give up a gas and, and, and oil. And Stellantis is like, look, we'll comply. But it's clear that policymakers don't care whether automakers have enough raw material to underpin the shift. Policy moves the market, and the market can't keep up. How do you get the thing that you're trying to do? This is the problem with, with, with legislators. They think they know things, which is crazy because you, you have uh, the, the court making its decisions uh, today, as we were discussing. This was Elizabeth Warren. Senator Elizabeth Warren, our planet is on fire, and this extremist Supreme Court has destroyed the federal government's ability to fight back because uh, the Supreme Court said that the EPA can't make these sweeping rules. Congress can make the rules, and the EPA can't just decide they have the right to make sweeping rules. And she says the radical Supreme Court is increasingly facing a legitimacy crisis, and we can't let them have the last word. Never mind the fact that that's insurrection talk right there and engaging in uh, perpetrating and, and promoting violence against the court. The bigger conversation here is she wants agencies to make policies and have companies follow them no matter what, even if the company can't actually do it and even if it hurts us. The ideology over everything. Well, that's what you're seeing in Europe, and that's what Stellantis is saying about the car industry. 
It's a really, really valuable article. I'll put it on my Locals page, TonyCats.Locals.com, so you can check it out. This is important stuff. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.